Hey everyone, welcome back to the Awesome Oat Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom, where I, your host, Kyle DeForcheck, find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here, give you yesterday's training camp news, give you the fantasy spin on it, show you how you can use the training camp news for action in your season-long, in your best ball drafts. Before we get into the elephant in the room, the Jaguars wave Leonard Fournette, I want to remind you to go on over to awesomeo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. That's where you can find our draft kit. You get access to a ton of awesome stuff including our fantasy football rankings done by Alex Osimo Baker, the world's number one daily fantasy player. You get a draft wingman tool, which can help you build optimal season-long and best ball teams just in time for kickoff. You get breakout sleepers and bus table, Osimo cheat sheets, and our customizable strength of schedule tool. All that for $29.95, plus you get a $35 credit if you're a new user at the FFPC. That makes the draft kit free, plus you get all of the awesome tools we have and our projections done by Alex Osmo Baker. So let's get into it. I had a show, typically I try and drop these shows as early as possible in the mornings, give you immediate access to yesterday's training camp news. However, there was big news right in the middle of recording, and I retooled the entire show just to do Leonard Fournette is cut by the Jags news. Leonard Fournette technically is waived. That means he will go through the waivers process. I believe it's for players who have four years or less of service in the NFL. So he will go through the waivers process. Teams are allowed to claim Leonard Fournette. If no team claims him, then he is able to choose the team he wants to go to on the free market. Right now, the Jaguars running backs are Ryquel Armstead, Divine Ogzigbo, James Robinson, and Chris Thompson. And I would even throw that we could see some LaVisca Chenault snaps out of the backfield. He was a guy who got running back snaps, wildcat type snaps in college as a receiver. They take him with a day two pick. So he's a guy that they clearly want to get the ball early in the year. And as far as I can tell, he's had a pretty solid camp. There's been positive buzz around him from the Jacksonville camp. Not a running back per se, but I think you have to at least pencil him in for a few Robert Woods type carries. So let's start at the top. Reichel Armstead, they take him in the fifth round last year. Not sure if they knew that Leonard Fournette could be on the outs, but this has been brewing for a while. There have been rumors that they were trying to get rid of him. They were trying to trade him, that they weren't awfully interested. They don't pick up his fifth-year option. So this was not out of the cards. It was surprising, but not utterly shocking. They take Rykel Armstead at the 502 in last year's draft. He's a pretty meaty-looking back, 5'11", 220, thick, but he is fast. Runs a 4'4", 5 of that size, is incredible, has an above-average agility score, those cone drills. The only thing in his athleticism profile, he's really lacking his burst. He didn't measure particularly well in the broad or vertical, but was even above-average in the bench press. Gives him a 68th percentile athleticism score, and he was fairly dominant at Temple. He was a guy that they were willing to give the rock repeatedly in his final season. 210 carries, goes over 1,000 yards. The one knock on his profile is his best college season, 14 catches, never tops 100 yards as a receiver. It's hard to see him really turning that around. Typically, when you see guys who are one-dimensional in college, they are one-dimensional in the NFL. But I will say the one time we got to look at him in his competition, Divino Zigbo, competing directly for touches, was week 17 of last year, Leonard Fournette out. The team is facing Indianapolis, and what do they do? They pretty much split their running back carries between Armstead and Zigbo. Divino Zigbo gets 9 carries, Armstead gets 10. The one big difference was that Armstead, despite not having this receiving profile, does get 9 targets and turns it into a pretty impressive 52 yards and a touchdown whereas Divine Unzigbo only gets five targets. I think it's reasonable to expect a split between the two that sees something like this play out, where Armstead leads the team in carries, but is not a dominant back in terms of the market share of carries he's getting. Unzigbo, in his own right, has a pretty interesting profile. By the time he comes out of Nebraska, he's at 5'11", 222, a very similar build, but the big knock on him is he has the same size 
as Rykel Armstead and just doesn't have that speed. He runs a 4.7 flat at the Combine. Supposedly, he has gotten better in his speed since then. He was working on retooling his body, getting slimmer, leaner, faster, and he does show up in the burst measurements as the vertical and broad jump ends up being the 80th percentile per playerprofiler.com. Also, above average agility. He's a guy that really checks all the athleticism boxes except for speed, which uh, Rykel Armstead, kind of the opposite, checks all the boxes except for agility. And he has a pretty modest bench press, which doesn't really have much predictive value looking forward anyways. He doesn't get a ton of run as a between-the-tackles runner in Nebraska. Peaks at 155 carries after going for 129 carries in his junior season. In that senior season with 155 carries, he hits over 1,000 yards. That's 7 yards per carry. That's impressive. He scores 12 times. And the big differentiator between him and Rykel Armstead, which is surprising why they use them in that Week 17 game so differently, is that he ends up catching 23 balls going over 200 yards, and he tops at least 100 yards in all three of his final three college seasons, despite getting not a ton of run as a rusher. So he's the guy that they were at least willing to get on the field, get targets, and he ended up catching over, he ended up going for over 100 yards three separate seasons. It's not like he was this dynamic receiving back, but if you were to just look at that, you would say that he would be the preferred pass catcher ends his final college season with a 9.4% target share. That's in the 70th percentile, whereas Armstead, a guy below the 20th percentile. So if this is a team that is going to split its backfield targets between their rushers, it would probably go to Uzzigbo, although that Week 17 does throw a bit of a wrench into the mix. But the more important thing here is they have Chris Thompson in the backfield, and I think that is where we are going to see those targets go from, which is why it's hard to really get extremely excited about a guy like Brycole Armstead, about a guy like Divine Uzzigbo, because those running back targets should be going to Chris Thompson. Thompson has played one healthy season in the past four years, but despite that, he has gone over 50 targets in each of the past four seasons. He's averaged 3.2 receptions per game throughout his career, despite having really six games at the beginning of his career that he didn't do much until really taking hold of that Washington receiving back role in 2015. He's also displayed at times stunning efficiency as a receiving weapon out of the backfield, specifically in 2017 when he averages 9.4 yards per target on 54 targets. Then even last year, 6.5 yards per target on 58 targets on a Washington team that was not conducive to being an efficient receiving back, an efficient receiver in any way. It's actually stunning when you see guys like Terry McLaurin, guys like Chris Thompson perform so well in the face of such bad quarterback play. So when you see that, you have to take note of that, the fact that Chris Thompson was doing so much with so little. So Chris Thompson, a guy that we can easily expect to get the bulk of the targets out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette leaves behind 100 targets. Those should be going largely to Chris Thompson. We could see Rykel Armstead and Divine Zigba split them, but given their resumes or lack of resumes as true difference makers, as receivers out of the backfield, it's likely that Chris Thompson comes in and mops up a lot of those targets. A guy who's at least worth drafting now. Well, before that, it was hard to see him too much eating into Leonard Fournette's workload. Now that workload is completely freed up. A guy like Chris Thompson, I'm fine with taking at the ends of drafts. Now, where are we drafting Divine Zigba? Where are we drafting Rykel Armstead? Armstead, I'm fine in drafting in that Antonio Gibson, or maybe even a little later, into that pure upside handcuff role because it is very possible this team adds a free agent running back. The obvious name to know is Devonta Freeman. Last year was used specifically as a receiving weapon out of the backfield very frequently. And if they if they want to fill that Leonard Fournette can run, can catch passes type of role where he at least kept the defenses, I, I don't want to say honest because he didn't really, you've never really had to respect Leonard Fournette as a runner, but he could at least do both if they're willing to give him 
roles as both a receiving back and a running back. If they want to fill that role, it is very clearly Devonta Freeman, the guy they should be bringing in. After Devonta Freeman, the, the free agent running backs really are so, so thin right now. You've got guys like Isaiah Crowell and Spencer Ware on the street. So Devonta Freeman, a name to watch out for, and a guy that would really plummet any upside you could get out of Devine Zapo, out of Ryquel Armstead. One more name I want to mention. This is really just for those deep dynasty leagues. But James Robinson, undrafted free agent this year, out of Illinois State, I believe an FCS school, but man, he was a killer in the FCS last year. 364 carries for 1,900 yards, scores 18 times. He scored at least a dozen touchdowns as a rusher between the tackles for three consecutive seasons. The one knock is that he wasn't used a ton as a receiver, but in his junior season at Illinois State, he does catch 21 passes. He is an incredible athlete, just 5'9", but thick, 219. That's basically the same size, the same weight as guys like Devine Ozikbo, as guys like Reichel Armstead, but a little smaller. So it's really, I'm not awfully concerned that a guy at 5'9 can't hold up to the rigors of the NFL if he is that muscular, if he's that built. So college dominator, basically the market share of production he posted as a running back, 98th percentile. He played at a small school, but he was clearly a, a shark in minnows waters at Illinois State. Then he goes out and posts incredible athleticism numbers, extremely bursty, extremely agile, and still 4.64 speed at his weight. That's still a lot of movement out of a guy who's 219 pounds. So not particularly fast, but it's not like this backfield is laden with talent that he can't usurp. So James Robinson, unlikely to really see much of the field with guys like Devine and Zigbo, with guys like Chris Thompson ahead of him. But if injuries befall those guys, or if they're simply inefficient, he is a guy you have to have marked on that waiver wire. You have to have in the final rounds of your deep, deep dynasty leagues. So he's a guy that I'm really excited about if he gets on the field. But to be fair, his odds of actually getting on the field with at least three running backs and potentially a free agent signing ahead of him do seem to be pretty slim. But his history of production is massively enticing. All right, let's mop up some other news. DeAndre Swift and Lamar Miller both took the field. Limited practices, as did Miles Sanders, I believe. All took just limited off off to the side reps, but it's good to see them at least getting back onto the field, showing signs of progress. So guys that I'm not willing to say are back to full health yet, but at least positive signs. Be sure to watch out for those guys. Moving on, LaMichael P. Ryan, Jets backup running back, will have an MRI on his ankle after being carted off. P. Ryan was an interesting prospect coming out of Florida specifically for his receiving game. Maybe that was a way he could have eaten in the Le'Veon Bell's role, but this isn't very good looking for LaMichael P. Ryan. Interesting to note, they also lost, quote, Kalen Balaj. Balaj was traded from Miami to the Jets, but fails his physical, so he reverts to Miami, likely to be cut from Miami. If he gets healthy, the Jets could go ahead and pick him back up, but this does put them potentially back in the market for a better free agent running back like Devonta Freeman. So I guess like Leonard Fournette, now a premium free agent running back, there is such a thing left at this time of the year. So don't really think they have any chance of signing, at least not uh, not Leonard Fournette, maybe Devonta Freeman. But that could be a landing spot if the money is right, if that's a guy that they like the tape he's put out, although I'm not sure he would really like the tape Leonard Fournette has put out. But interesting to note, watch out for what the Jets could potentially be doing in free agency. Moving on, Cooper Cup suffers a minor ankle injury. This is just a note that it doesn't really seem like this is serious, still on track to play week one, but something to monitor. Uh, Quintus Cephas, Lions receiver, has stood out in training camp, has routinely made plays. Unfortunately for Cephas, at 6'1", 202 pounds, he profiles as an outside receiver, and he plays on a team that maybe has the best duo of outside receivers in Marvin Jones and in Kenny Galladay. Although Marvin Jones has missed a handful of games over the past two years, 10 games exactly in the past two years, and I believe he's played one full season in the past four years. So if, if they get banged up, either Kenny Galladay or more likely Marvin Jones at the age of 30, Quintus Cephas, a name to know. Oh, and I totally forgot one more big piece of news. 
Jalen Rieger, not quite as big, but Jalen Rieger expected to miss four weeks uh, about this. The report was a bit shaky on the exact timeline, but about four weeks. That puts him missing at least the first week or two weeks at least of the NFL season. Jalen Rieger, first round rookie wide receiver of the Eagles, a guy who could come in and be a playmaker out of the slot, out of X, out of Z. He really appeared to have a do-it-all skill set, massively athletic, productive at an early age at TCU, but now it appears as though he'll miss at least a handful of weeks. Alshon Jeffrey is still on the pup list, so that sets the starting receivers on this team to be likely Deshaun Jackson locked in as the number one receiver, and then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside possibly on the outside, but Arcega-Whiteside going for less than 200 yards last season on a team that was so desperately in need is massively concerning for his long-term prospects as an NFL receiver. The team also drafted two more late-round receivers in this 2020 NFL draft, Quez Watkins and John Hightower. John Hightower appears to be getting more of the hype as a guy who could benefit from Rieger's absence. I'd be more interested in Quez Watkins has just an overall better college profile. Quez Watkins coming out of Southern Miss massively fast, crazy speed, 4.35 at six foot is very impressive. Not an awfully impressive breakout age at 21, that's 31st percentile, but his college dominator, the amount of college production that he was producing relative to the entire pool of production that his offense, Southern Miss, was able to produce, 73rd percentile. And that's something that predicts NFL success fairly well. That's a final season of nearly 1,200 yards, 64 catches, and six touchdowns, nine touchdowns the season before that. Has some special team run as well, so he's a guy that could find a role early in his career by contributing as a punt or as a kick returner. However, the team seems to like John Hightower more. Reports are that John Hightower has really had an impressive training camp. John Hightower, not, I wouldn't say as impressive, he's not as impressive as a speedster, 6'2", 189, so slightly taller, but basically the same weight, runs a 4.43. He's not slow by any means. That's still very fast. That's the 86th percentile. He's in the, the top quarter of speed, pure speed at 4.43. However, that breakout age of 22, that's 13th percentile college dominator at Boise State, not a huge school. It's not like he was faced with crazy competition like some of these Alabama receivers. 25.8% college dominator, 38th percentile. Interesting prospect because of his speed. He had a college yards per reception of 18.5. He was making big splash plays at Boise State, but just generally wasn't being massively productive. Doesn't top a thousand yards in the two seasons he played there. But if the team likes him, gets him onto the field, he's got an efficient quarterback in Carson Wentz. He's got a potential role with Jalen Rieger out. He's a guy you need to know for week one DFS or those deeper dynasty leagues. I think Quez Watkins has the better profile. But if the team wants John Hightower out there, I can't stop them. So John Hightower is the guy. That should wrap us up for today's training camp news. Maybe the biggest set of training camp news, the the Leonard Fournette cut Jalen Rieger. It was, I believe, a partially torn labrum or a slightly torn labrum. I'm not sure exactly how it's worded and how much of a difference that makes. Uh, The report added that it would not require surgery. If things get worse and it does require surgery, that could end up costing him the entire season. So keep watching out for any more Jalen Rieger news, but that is going to do it for the Osmo NFL Daily Fantasy Newsroom. Before we head out, I just want to remind you again to head on over to Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit. A ton of awesome stuff going on. Get it there before your drafts start. I'll catch you tomorrow.